Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. talked about, well, you know how John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus and God prepared the way for uh, himself, really, to come in the form of his son, Jesus. And Jesus, though, he prepared the way for the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, praise God. Yeah, Jesus said, it's good that I go away because I can send you the comforter. He can be with you everywhere at once and he can lift up my name and lead you into all truth, all these great things. But Jesus also prepared the way for us. Somebody say, I agree. Yeah, he prepared the way for us. So in preparing the way, I have several points today I want to share with you. Jesus taught us a few things. Some of these you say, man, Pastor Matt, is some of this a review? I need you to hear me. From here on out, everything is going to have some element of review in it. Review is good. Repetition is good, right? Scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing. You don't just hear it once. Sometimes people say, well, I heard it once and I believed, yeah, but you've got to hear and hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The more you hear it, the more you believe it. You ever heard something bad and negative and it was a lie? You heard it enough that it was hard not to believe? Yeah, you're like, man, they told me these bad things about myself and I believed it. They said I wasn't worth it. They said I wasn't worthy. No, uh-uh. The truth of the matter is you are worthy because of the blood of Jesus. Because He was worthy, now you are worthy to stand in His presence. You are a child of God. You are worth it. God's hand is on you. He has a plan for you. He has promises for you. So today, even if you don't feel it, I want you to smile and have a good time in this service, okay? We are not mourning the dead today. Let the dead bury the dead. We will rejoice. Those of us who are alive in Christ will rejoice today. Someone say amen. So I have good news for you today. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. We needed that. Thank you. We needed that. All get on the same page and be excited about what God has done for us. Now, the good news of the gospel is this. You've got to preach the word gladly, right? Nobody wants to accept Jesus when you go, man, I just, oh, I'm barely making it, man. You want to accept Jesus and be like me? I mean, I'm just scraping by, man. But, oh, man, it's just it's terrible. No, you're called to preach the gospel, the good news, gladly. We have tough times, but we rise up, we stand up. My mom, one of her favorite phrases was, rise up, woman of God. And I say to you today, rise up, men and women of God. It's your time. God's promises are here and now. Today is not only the day of salvation, it is the day of fulfillment of promise. I read in the Word this week that Jesus said, and I love this because it's for now. He's a right now God. He's the, he's, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He read in the synagogue from Isaiah the prophet, and he looked around him and he said, this very day, this word is being fulfilled in your lives. Today, this is happening. And so that is a word for you today. So point one today, in preparing the way, Jesus taught us what? Real faith moves God. How many of you know that unbelief, lack of faith, probably does the opposite, huh? It keeps God in place or it ties his hands. I remember growing up hearing Dad say, you know, there's certain situations where God cannot and will not move because we won't believe or he will not violate our will. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Let's go to, you know what? Let's go to Mark chapter 6, verse 5 through 6. Look at this. Remember, everybody in this house and everyone on the live stream today believes Jesus is God in the flesh, right? 
God in the flesh. He was all human, but he was all God. One of the mysteries of the ages. But God in the flesh, look at what happened. He said, Scripture says, and because of their unbelief, which is doubt, it's the opposite of faith, he couldn't do any miracles among them. What? Can't God force people? No, it says because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. One man of God years ago said Jesus healed a few headaches. They did not believe. They were offended because of who he was in that area, his, his, his own hometown and whatever. And they said, oh, how could he be? How on earth? Because of their unbelief. He could only heal a few of them. And he was, look at this. this you never want to be on this list, right? He was amazed at their unbelief. One translation says he marveled. You ever, you ever been in a situation where your jaw dropped? I think my wife has told me a couple times, baby, close your mouth. Where something happened, I was going. We were at church one time, and I laughed and my jaw dropped, so I was doing both. I don't know how you do that. Ha, 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 ha. I don't know how I did it at the same time. But we were at church, and Dad said, all right, come on, get out of your seat, get free in God. Let's jump up and down. Let's worship God with the dance. And that was back in the day. We had flags and stuff. No, we're not bringing that back to the English service. But we had a lot of fun with that. We still hear the jokes about it. I said, man, you were up there with a the flag. Praise God. Well, Dad said, come on, everybody get free. Let's be joyful. And everybody was jumping up and down. They had some pumping music. And I was in the back. I think I was in the back with maybe Barry and some other people were running sound and video. And there was a young couple in the back. And they were at church, but they forgot they were at church. So he started spinning his lady like that. And they were dancing. Oh, man, I... I think my jaw dropped, and then I started laughing, and my wife was mortified. She saw it, and she looks back at us, and we're no help. We're in the back going. <laughs> but I was still amazed. You ever had a situation where you are amazed, and you go, what? Wait, what? Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. But despite the fact Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. Someone say faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus knew if they would actually hear him in faith, their faith would build and there would be more of it. He went from village to village teaching the people. He was amazed at their unbelief. Look at Hebrews 11.6. Look at this. This is a good reminder. Some of you say, man, I've, I've heard that verse before. Hebrews 11.6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. One translation says that he is. And I believe other translations are a little clearer on that. My take on this verse has always been, we must believe that God is who he said he is. God is our provider. He's the God who satisfies with long life. He's the God who is more than enough. He is the Lord our protector. He's the Lord our shield. He's our shepherd. I shall not want. He is God with us. He is the great comforter. He's the great counselor. He's the everlasting father. Yeah, he exists, but we must believe that God is. He not only exists, but he's all these things. And Jesus made all these I am statements in the book of John. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am. I am. I am. It's amazing because Jesus began to explain what God was talking about in the Old Testament all those years when he said, I am that I am. Tell them the I am sent you. Moses said, I am. Yeah. I am everything that you will ever need. I am the healer. I am your protector. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. 
and that he rewards those who diligently and faithfully and sincerely seek him. Let's go to the beginning of that verse again. It's impossible to please God without faith, but real faith moves God. Someone say real faith moves God. Mm, good, good, good. Let's go to Matthew 8, 8. But the Roman officer said, right, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are. We talked about this story recently. And my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go. Or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. That's what the officer told Jesus. There was a time of slavery uh, during the Roman world and in the Roman world. When Jesus heard this, he was what? Amazed. Now, this is a good amazement. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. <laughs> I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. Your needs have been met. Go, go, go. So Jesus saw great faith. He saw little faith, and he saw no faith. Sometimes you use the word faithless. Scripture says, when the Lord returns, will he find faith on this earth? Yeah, he will, because you're a believer. Someone say, I'm a believer. Uh-huh. You wouldn't be here if you weren't a believer. You're not here to waste God's time or your time or anybody else's time. You are a believer. And when you believe, it moves God to action. And once his hand is at work, wow, things happen. I've seen God show up just on time for things when you thought, how is this going to happen? How is that going to work out? How, 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 God, help us work it out, Lord. And I say to you, Romans 8, 28 today. All things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Some of the things y'all have been through lately, now you got to be a believer. you got to be doing your best to put God first. can't just not serve God and go, God, what are you doing? What are you up to? You're not serving him. I've heard people do that. Real faith moves God. And when you're walking in faith, even if you have areas of doubt that God is working on and you're building up, all things work together for good. Someone say all things. Yeah, not just some of them. We've been through tragedies, you've been through tragedies, and it all works out for your benefit in God because of God. Every single time. Someone say every time. I'm making sure you're awake today because some pe people are still out on spring break. I'll make sure those that we have here are alive. So real faith moves God. It pleases Him. It spurs Him to action, if, especially if it's according to His word, right? Ask what you will, Jesus said, in my name, and I'll give it to you. Another verse says, if we ask anything in his name according to his will, he'll take care of it. He'll do it. Is it God's will that you be healed? Pop quiz, right? Is it God's will that you have good relationships? Is it God's will that you be in great relationship with him? Is it God's will that he be first? Oh, man, is it God's will that you forgive? Is it God's will that you honor authority? You're like, I don't like that authority. That's okay. You, scripture doesn't say, like, thou shalt like authority. It says honor authority. You treat with honor. Some of you say, man, I don't even like them. That's okay. You don't have to hang out and be best friends, have a sleepover. But you need to honor people. And Scripture actually says, give respect to everyone. It doesn't say, if they earn your respect, show respect. No, it says, give, show respect to everyone. Treat people with respect. People think they're really saying wise stuff, like they really came up with something great. They go, you got to earn my respect. 
I know what you mean, and we've probably all said that. No, you've got to earn trust. I treat everybody with respect, even if they're not respectable. I've dealt with some people lately. Don't worry, not in here. And not on the live stream, I'm sure none of you. I've dealt with some people lately that were not respectable. Not respectable at all. But I treated them with respect because that's how I would like to be treated. Okay? Let's go back to this now. Real faith moves God. Someone say real faith. Uh huh. Work on your faith. You can't do it all in your own strength. God, Scripture says that God is, look at, look at how amazing and just God is. It says that he actually gave us the measure of faith. So the faith you have is all growing from the seed of faith that God gave you. He's given us the measure of faith. He gave us all the same amount of faith and said, work on it, grow it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we know faith moves God. Move into faith. Show up at church. Go to Bible study. Man, listen to the word. Even on Instagram and Twitter, man, follow people who are giving the word, not fake stuff. Giving the word. All right? So that you can believe more and more and more. Let's go to point two today. I like this one. I want you to add to that. Popular doesn't always mean good or right. Add to that. I want you to see that, good or right. We'll give them a minute. And that, that's good. I like how big that is on the screen. Popular doesn't always mean good or right. Now, I understand. Let me be clear. Sometimes popular is good for certain things. But, and I'm going to tell you right now, let's be real. If Jesus was healing the sick and handing out free food, all-you-can-eat buffet, we'd have all been there, right? We'd all been there. That was popular, and it was good and right. But you know how people are. You say, free food, I'm there. Hey, I need you to serve, man. We're going to do some work. Oh, man, I'm busy. I'm tired. My back hurts. I've been working. I mean, I can't even, look, I can't even move past this right here. My, I got, my back is locked in place. I can't help. You say, no, there's free food, and there's going to be healing. There's going to be a healing line, an amazing service. It's exciting. Yeah, well, that was popular for good reason. It was good and right. But you know what was also popular at that time? Selling a bunch of junk in the temple. Chickens, I, 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 I say chickens, doves, whatever they had in there. I don't know that they had chickens. All these things they had in the temple, remember Jesus had to come and kick them out. He said, my house shall be known as a house of prayer. But at that time, it was popular to go in the temple and make a hustle. Many theologians believe that part of the reason the Pharisees were mad at Jesus is because he was messing up their business-making machine. Their money-making machine. They were charging people to get animals, uh, to be able to, to, to do sacrifices to cover their sin. And Jesus was in there, and he said, man, do this elsewhere, not, not at the temple. That's crazy, man. And you know what's crazy is I've seen what they've used some churches for, and it's very disrespectful to God. They've used churches for all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't know your beliefs on all that, but look, I do know this. His house shall be called a house of prayer. we got to be respectful. Did you know when I am here alone, it's not a religious thing. It's something that it convicts me. I do it without thinking. I show up, I wear a hat for my bald head because my skin is white and the sun is turning at different colors now, apart from just sunburned. There's little spots showing up at my age, and that's okay. I can live with it. looks like my grandpa's head. It's okay. I'm honored. But I wear a hat a lot when I'm out in the sun if I don't have sunblock on, sometimes both. But I show up at the church to prepare on Saturdays, other times, and when I get to the doors of the sanctuary, I take my hat off. 
It's just a habit. I want to honor God with the best of me. I want to honor him when nobody's looking. Because I remember that popular doesn't always mean good or right. There's some really weird things out there that are popular. Look in Jesus' life once again. You know what became popular? Crucify him. That's the crowd. The definition of that is popular. That was the popular vote. The Pharisees stirred him up, said, crucify him. Who knows if they were paying people off in the crowd? Saying, hey, man, next time your doves for forgiveness of sin, they'll be free. Who knows, who knows what they told them? Well, let's crucify him. Mm-hmm. Popular doesn't always mean good or right. And what you know what's funky about popularity? It changes day by day. Flavor of the month. You watch these movies or you remember high school or college or you know real life. Things don't always stay popular. That's why they call it 15 minutes of fame. Because it changes day by day. It changes day by day. Remember COVID and the ensuing lockdowns? They popularize several things that aren't good or right. See, I know. I'm just never going to work again. I'm able-bodied, but I'm going to just get unemployment forever. Hmm, that's not good or right, is it? Especially if you're gaming the system. Huh. Wow. Oh, oh, how about this? It was popular. Let's close churches. Well, that's illegal. What they did was illegal. It's against the Constitution, and they don't care what the Constitution says. But how about school? Let's close down schools for kids' safety. Turns out COVID never ran rampant through any of the schools hardly. It was very low percentages. Kids have a high immunity to it. Uh, we knew that. They said that at first. They said masks weren't effective. Oh, now they're effective. Oh, no, the, the, if, uh, take your mask off if I don't like it. No, put your mask on. Nobody was happy with anything. Close your church down or I'm going to be mad. Open your church or I'm going to be mad. No, you know what? We've got to seek God and do what's not popular sometimes. It's just not popular. And, and then, but, but don't worry. Be encouraged. Hang around because in a week it'll change. It'll change. I'm going to tell you right now, it used to be popular in the United States of America, but the cross of Jesus is no longer popular in the United States of America, and that's a good sign. You always get worried about what the news is popularizing because it's probably not right. It's probably a big, fat deception and a lie. And they kept kids home from school. Look, it is what it is. Some of them did it with good intentions, but there were those higher-ups. Who knows what they were thinking? But it hurt kids to not be going to school, and that was the popular thing to do, wasn't it? Oh, we're, we're going to lift the mask mandate. Well, good for you. We're going to let kids go to school. Should I celebrate when you're doing the right thing finally? Oh, you get to go to church. What? Let me say it again. I feel like this is falling on good ground this morning. And you need to think about this, whether it's music, whether it's relationships, whether it's whatever the crowd is doing, whatever the news is doing, whatever the Internet is doing, or Twitter, or Facebook, or TikTok, or whatever things there are out there. Popular doesn't always mean good or right. Mm. And Jesus taught us that. Because sometimes he was popular when he was healing the sick, casting out devils. But then all of a sudden he was unpopular and they said, crucify him. Hmm. Something to think about, isn't it? Let's go to Matthew chapter 15, verse 1. Somebody say amen. I'm just making sure you're still with me. 
Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. These guys were something else. They asked him, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? Emphasis, bold letters, italics on the word tradition. That means we made it up. It's our tradition. For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. You should wash your hands before you eat, but if you don't, it's not going to send you to hell or make you at odds with God. Some people don't ever wash their hands. That's okay. COVID taught us, everybody wash your hands. That's good. I thought we were going to have flying cars by 2020, but we learned to wash our hands. That's amazing. Shower and, 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 and be clean, you know. You, your disciples are ignoring our age-old tradition of washing ceremonial hand washing. And Jesus replied, I wish they, I, I'm so glad they told him this, but I, I, they probably wish they hadn't. <coughs> Jesus said, oh, I'm glad you brought that up, right? And why do you, by your traditions, those same traditions you just bragged about, violate the direct commandments of God? Mmm, let's go on. For instance, Jesus said, God says, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. Oh, wow. Population would have been real thinned out, right? <clears throat> But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. <laughs> what? In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel, one translation says, you make the word of God of no effect. You cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. You're acting religious, but you're fake. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote what? These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. It's fake, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Hmm. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. Listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Wow. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? You know, disciples always helping the leader, right? Hey, boss, man, you did something crazy. People are mad. They may stop going to church. They may stop going to your all-you-can-eat fish fries. They may stop showing up to get healed. Like, it's going to make you unpopular. You just, you just offended the Pharisees by what you just said. Look at what Jesus said. He was real worried, right? He said, every plant not planted by my heavenly Father will be uprooted. So ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind, and if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. <laughs> my point right here, and this is my third point of this morning, is truth can be offensive. You don't go around telling everybody stuff about their weight or about something they're going through that would be hurtful. No. But you need to recognize and identify things like the truth of the cross. I remember when I was losing my hair, people thought they were real wise and truthful. They're all, did you know you're losing your hair? I'm like, no, I haven't noticed that when I dry, hand dry it with a towel, there's hair everywhere, like our little golden retrievers. Gentry would go outside and shake, and there'd be hair in the air. It's like, oh, my gosh, that's how my hair was. I'd get out of the shower and go like this with my towel, and there's just hair. People go, bro, did you know you're losing your hair? One guy goes, you don't even know, huh? No, I, I, I didn't even know. I had hair this morning. Oh, my gosh, it's the Hobbs wind, you know. 
Not that kind of truth. I mean truth like sin and truth like, hey, there's only one way to God, and that's Jesus. And truth like there's heaven and hell, and there's truth like God wants to bless you. And the truth like, well, apart from God, we are sinners. You're no longer a sinner, according to Scripture, once you accept Jesus. The Lord, speaking through the Apostle Paul and speaking to the church at Corinth, one of the most carnal churches in history. They had weird sin going on in the church here and there, but there were lots of great believers who spoke in tongues and prophesied, and they were powerful people of God. But there were carnal people at that church of Corinth, and you know how the, the, the letter begins to them from the Apostle Paul, as inspired by the Holy Spirit? To the saints of God in Corinth. Saints, not sinners. We don't practice sin now. We're no longer sinners, but the world is offended by that. You can talk about God all you want, and Oprah will approve, and so will whoever. They say, no, that's fine, that's fine. But you start saying, wait, there's only one way to heaven. They go, oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, the cross, it's scary to people. They go, he shed his blood to make me free. What does that mean? And then others just don't care. They go, oh, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's great. I'm going to live how I want. But the truth of the matter is, you no longer practice sin if you love God. You do your best to obey his commandments. And truth can be offensive. But I have good news about the truth. Let's go to John 8, 31. Powerful statements here. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. I'm not just a disciple of Jesus just because I say I am. It's like me going, you've heard this old illustration? It's like me standing in our garage at home and telling my wife, baby, guess what? I'm in the garage. I'm a car now. Baby, I'm standing in the garden. I'm a plant. I'm flourishing. I'm growing deep roots today out of the bottom of my feet. Fertilize me. Just because I say I'm a believer doesn't mean I believe. You are truly my disciples, he said, if you remain faithful to my teaching. There's some more offensive truth for some people. Let's keep going. Oh, but I love this. Jesus said, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Hmm. But we are descendants of Abraham, some people in the crowd said, most likely Pharisees. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? That's interesting. The truth he just spoke to them was offensive. Did you catch that? He said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they argued with him about the statement concerning the truth. In saying that knowing the truth would set them free, that simple statement of truth about the truth offended them. That's interesting. What do you mean you'll be set free? We've never been in bondage to anyone. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Here's some more truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. You calling us sinners? Let me repeat it. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Let's keep going on. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son or daughter, guess what? They're part of the family forever. No matter what I do, I may have a bald head, but you can look at me, especially from here down, and you know that I'm my dad's. Really, I see, I've seen some pictures of him. I'm like, Dad, that, I saw some old pictures of him. And Jen one time, it was a few years ago, she goes, she goes, that, that guy in the back, that, he looks like you. I go, that's my dad when he was 14 or 15 or something. That's crazy. We're part of the family. And you're becoming more and more Christ-like, so you look like more and more like Jesus. You act more and more like Jesus. It's undeniable you're part of his family. You're not a slave anymore to sin. You're a son and a daughter of God. And then Jesus goes on to say, I love this. He, sa he says, okay, you'll know the truth, and it, the truth will set you free. He goes, now he goes on to say, so if the Son sets you free, you're truly free. 
Uh-huh. But you reject the truth and you can't be set free by the sun. Wow. Truth can be offensive. You don't go around saying hurtful things to people and go, truth hurts. Truth hurts all the time. I knew I've known some believers like that. They're like, it's just the truth. I'm all. Yeah, but you have no wisdom and you're on a third grade truth level. Third grade and you're failing. We'll put you back in kindergarten because you don't know how to treat people. Right. If you don't pass the test, you keep having to take it over and over and over again. Right. I mean, now they don't hold kids back anymore. If they did, you'd have people with long beards in the seventh grade. Say, we've got to get them out of here. Come on, we've got to make room for more. Get them out of here. Pass them on. Go, let's go. They don't read, but get them out of here. And here's what I say. If the sun sets you free, you are truly free, and you will pass the test. You will pass the test. Someone say, I'm going to pass the test. Go ahead, raise your hand. Come on, let's, let's say that. Say, I'm going to pass the test. Say, with God's help, I will fall in love with truth, and I will pass the test. All right, that's good. Let's go to this now. This is my fourth point today, and this will be my last point. I wanted to fit this in there. In preparing the way, Jesus taught us what? Point number four. Forgiveness is God's way. Or we have two number threes, and that's okay. We have number three, part two. Forgiveness is God's way. Someone say forgiveness is God's way. Mm-hmm. Always has been. When Jesus came, he said, look, I got good news for you. All the old covenant, I didn't come to destroy it. I came to fulfill it, but good news. You don't have to do all that anymore. You've got to love God with all your soul and strength and heart and might and your will, and you've got to love each other. Jesus said, people will know you're my disciples by the love you have for each other. You say, I'm just not, I'm walking in love with him, but I'm not going to forgive him. That doesn't make sense, does it? No. To walk in true love, you have to forgive. Love forgives. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about that. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. Look at this. A few forgiveness verses. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Wow, that's exciting. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Well, of course. That makes perfect sense. Say, I want forgiveness, but I'm not going to give forgiveness. That's not how it works. Let's go to Luke 6, 37. Right before the famous give and receive verse, look at this. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. And, and many times, this, this do not judge others in Scripture, that means unrighteously judging people. I had a friend in junior high, I remember, he was always judging everybody. He'd go, oh yeah, she probably does this, and he probably does this. Awful things about people. I'm like, how do we know that? Oh, well, look at them, look how they're acting. They probably, no, we don't know that. Jesus said in another verse, Scripture explains Scripture, look beneath the surface to judge righteously and accurately. A judgment is a decision, okay? Yes, you will, by their fruits you will know them, but other people, they misjudge all the time. So if you don't judge others, you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Don't be condemning. Forgive others and you will be what? Forgiven. Giving and receiving right there. That's powerful too. Let's go to Matthew 18, 21. <laughs> Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? That's an interesting question, huh? Can you imagine? Jesus is like, I have a three-strike rule. Forgive them three strikes, and they're out. You can condemn them to hell if you want. Just push them off the cliff. And th no. 
I, I don't know what Peter was waiting for Jesus to say. Maybe, uh, no, you forgive them up to a point and then, and then write them off. You don't ever, you know, just don't forgive them anymore. No. He said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Seven is the number of God or one of the numbers of God? He said, wow, surely seven times is righteous, right? Look at what Jesus said. No, not seven times, but 70 times seven. 490 times. Man, sometimes at 10, we're ready to shoot people. Fight them, put on the box. I had some friends back in the day, they said, oh, you want to put on the gloves? Or no, barefisted if you want, whatever. Mad? I'm not forgiving you. No, Jesus corrected that real quick. He said, no, not seven times. He's so patient with his disciples. Not seven times. Seventy times seven. I've heard men and women of God over the years say, yeah, daily. Seventy times seven daily. Does it mean you're just dumb? You're a doormat? No, you always forgive, but you may not be in a trusting relationship with someone if they keep burning you. And you may draw a boundary. Boundaries protect you from mess. And you can't keep yourself from being hurt. You'd have to be in heaven already, right? Hurt's going to come. Loss is going to come. Tragedy and trauma is going to come. It's going to come no matter what. But Jesus says, ah, in the midst of everything, this is my way. Don't just forgive 70 times. Forgive 70 times 7. Forgive 490 times. He's saying, what is he saying by that? Is that really, can you, can you imagine? I'm at 489. The next one, they're done. I finally, I've kept, ah, but 1 Corinthians 13 says, true love keeps no record of wrong. So you're never going to know how many times you forgave. It keeps no record of wrong. And don't do this. I don't know who this is for. We've all done it probably. Let me stand up here because I'm not the tallest guy. I'm barely medium, barely average. But have you ever had people that go, oh, no, it's fine. Shh, I'm not mad at you. God go with you. Go in peace. You're okay. But they carry a proverbial and an imaginary black bag. You ever seen that? Remember me talking about that when I was youth pastor? Said, oh, no, nah, I'm not mad at you. They're putting it in their black bag. Not to throw away, you'll see. We're about to get to the climax. I'm not mad at you, mijo. Go ahead. Go in peace. God bless you. I'm blessed. Hashtag God is good. Hashtag blessed. Whatever. Do they still use hashtags? I'm, I'm always behind on internet stuff. Jen's like, no. She's like, my husband's such a dork. Ah, yeah, baby, but I charm you here and there. You know what I'm saying? So they're putting... They're putting stuff in the black bag and never warned you. An unsuspecting group of people is around them going, I'm forgiven. Everything's good. They're going, no, I'm not mad at you. And they're putting it in the bag. But one day you mess up, and it may be small, and they get that black bag and dump it all over your head. And you've been, and you said, and I can't believe. And no, true love keeps no record of wrong. And we've all been there. I've been there. We've messed up like that. Deal with it as it comes. That's why Jesus was so quick and so repetitive to say, forgive, 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 forgive. You know what my mom used to say? And this helped us immensely. She'd say, die to it. Stop with all the emotion and die to it. What does that mean? It means I'm not going to let it affect me anymore. I forgive you. I'm getting over it right now in Jesus' name. And it's easier said than done sometimes, isn't it? It is. It's human nature. That's why Jesus talked about it so much. He said, forgive. I remember being a kid and going, well, why, why did he say this so much? We got it. No, I didn't got it. 
until later on when I said, wow, I'm having to forgive often and be forgiven. I'm going to tell you what, I've been forgiven of so many things. I will always be grateful for God's love and the love of those around me who forgave me. Always. I will never be one of those with my nose in the air going, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to forgive you. I don't know. I don't, that was too much to forgive. No, because if I do that, I'm going to get that from God. If I can't forgive people, I cannot be forgiven. So I will walk in forgiveness. It's God's way. Let's put that up there again. Forgiveness is God's way. Forgiveness is God's way. Hmm. Can you imagine Jesus being crucified? Saying, Lord, he's on the cross. He says, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them, Lord. Forgive them. Forgive them. Man, many times we want to beat people up that don't know what they're doing, huh? Man, he didn't know what he's doing, but he messed me up. What is wrong with you, right? And I know we want to give them a piece of our mind. Many of us have wanted to give away a piece of our mind so much we wouldn't have any left. We're so mad at people say, here's a piece of mind. Man, you, and, and, and furthermore, hey, and, and there's a time and a place for correcting stuff and rebuking in love. Sometimes you tell people, hey, no more. This is a boundary. That's crazy. It's wrong. I'm not going to overreact. But I am sick of this. You can't do this anymore. I love you. Goodbye. Boom. I love you. I love you. You're going to come around me. Act right. Fly straight. Fly right. I love you, but here's a boundary right now. This is it. I'll never forget years ago, and I know some of y'all have been coming to this church for a while. You know a lot of my stuff because I've repeated it. You know, there's only so many funny and interesting things that could happen to one person, so i got to repeat some things. But years ago, we had a neighbor that, that had a pit bull. And that dog got, got, I don't know how that dog did it. Must, one fang must have come through the gate, but she, she nicked our little Izzy girl, the little redhead golden retriever that just passed away. Got to her through the, through the chain link fence. I'll never forget that Saturday when Jen called me. And nicked her right on her chest, just on the skin. It wasn't too serious, but it was open and it was bleeding. And then at one point, that dog was jumping up at the fence because Gentry always loved to jump at the fence like a nut. I don't know what he was doing. Dogs do that. It's so weird. They're jumping up. I guess it's just to see, probably. He's just jumping up. Well, that pit bull reached over and bit him on his, in the inside of his mouth, chipped his tooth, and cut him. And I, I noticed he'd been jumping in the fence. I was working in the yard, and his legs were shaking. I said, what's going on? And he was bleeding. Oh, and I knew what had happened. He'd just been jumping at the fence with that dog. That dog was getting out and threatening us, hanging on the fence, growling, ready to. And that dog would have torn up our dogs, the pit bull. So finally I went to the neighbor, and the dog did it right in front of him one day. And somehow I was over the fence to stand between my dogs and the pit bull, which wasn't the wisest decision I've ever made. And the guy goes, man, you're quick. How did you? And I go, that's not the point. I go, do you see how she's acting every time? I said, bro, here's the deal. You've got to put up something between our yards because this fence isn't keeping your dog. You've got to keep her tied up. And I will never forget, when I made a boundary, it made my life better. And it happened, had to happen more than once. Had to happen more than once. And I said, you've got to, this is it. And the guy said, well, were your dogs barking at my dogs when she was out and running up to your fence? I thought, am I missing something? They're in our yard barking at your dog? No, I trained them. No, if your dog gets out, your dangerous pit bull, I told them, do not bark at that pit bull because it's rude. <laughs> it's our fault now because my dogs were barking at your dog who is in our, on our property 
wandering dangerously, and our dogs are behind the chain link. Come on. Boundary. And we kept peace. You know, boundaries make for great neighbors. But you still got to forgive. I'll be honest. I wanted to shoot their dog. I thought about it a few times. I'm not making that up. I thought, how loud would the shot be? <laughs> and I was thinking, I said, I, I remember thinking, placement of the bullet, just one bullet, I can probably, no, no, this is a pastor. I'm so embarrassed. But I'm going to go ahead and confess my sins to you because I need to get it off my chest finally. No, and, and I, I used to tell you, and I'd, I'd say, man, baby, should I? And she'd look at me like, you remember that amazement? She'd go, what? I'd go, what if I poison their dog? <laughs> no, this is awful. You'll forgive me in a minute, right? I just taught you about forgiveness. We're going to have an altar call. We'll all forgive. But I said, I said no, and I thought these crazy things. And I said, man, I hate that dog. I'm going to, man. And I thought, if I, just one bullet, if I put it in the right place, it'll be over. And then it's all deniable. I can go hide the murder weapon. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's just, we have it. And y'all haven't told me all your thoughts. You've had some crazy thoughts, too. So don't sit there looking at me going, Pastor Matt, I knew. I knew he was a little crazy. <laughs> Get into the word, Pastor Matt. Practice what you preach, man of God. You know. Oh, I was so mad at that dog. And my wife was just like, leave that dog alone. So I shot her with a BB gun a couple times when she was in the alley. <laughs> she was like, I'm okay. I'm like, you'd be glad it's a BB. It's a daisy BB gun I have, too. Quality. No, and in dealing with all that, I had to forgive the neighbors. It was, it was really... I'm dealing with humans and their dog. And Jen would give me wisdoms, go, baby, it, it's because there's, there's not a boundary here, and they're, they're, they're letting her run wild. It's not her fault. I'm like, it's her fault too. But I learned to forgive. And God taught me a lot through all of that. And we're on great terms. We're friends. We got a boundary established. And, yeah, the sad, sad thing is that dog's tethered in the backyard. That's too bad. But she was running around threatening people, threatening dogs, thre threatening kids. I don't know. Praise God, nothing awful ever happened, but there's a boundary there to this day. And it keeps that dog out of our yard. Can I get an amen? And don't worry, before I confess this to you, this has been six or seven years ago, six years ago, fall of 2016, that it really came to a head. I told the Lord, I did, I dealt with it. I said, Lord, I'm sorry for my attitude. And I never treated those people bad, never, but I wanted to hurt their dog. And I said, Lord, you forgive me, please, Lord. I'm so sorry. I want to be like this. And I repented and got through it and didn't do anything too crazy. And the BB's never hurt her. She's alive and well, trust me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I didn't want to say her name in case you knew that pit bull. But forgiveness is God's way. Somebody say amen in this house. Forgiveness is God's way, always. Forgiveness, just like honesty, is always the best policy. Forgiveness. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes today. Let me just review these super quick. Real faith moves God, right with the lights off, just like it is. Real faith moves God. Popular doesn't always mean good or right. Don't forget that. Truth can be offensive, but you walk in truth. You live it. You tell it. You show it. You, you act it out, live it out. And then number four, forgiveness is God's way. 
Is there anyone in this house who has never publicly confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Anyone in this house who would say, you know what, Pastor Matt, if I died today, I don't know where I would go. I just don't know what would happen to me if I'd go to heaven or hell. It's like rolling the dice. Well, if you've never confessed Jesus and begun to serve God, then heaven's not a real option for you until you accept Jesus and start putting God first and serving him. So is there anyone in this house at the sound of my voice, this is for those on the live stream, on the recording as well, that would say, Pastor Matt, I need to make sure my heart is right with God. I've never accepted Jesus. Would you like to accept him today? I offer you this free gift of salvation from God himself. Would you raise your hand today? You say, I need to accept Jesus. I've never done it before. Would you raise your hand today? I'm going to pray with you. No one's going to make fun of you. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. I'm going to give you just a moment. I could be wrong, but I feel like there may be one or two that's never accepted Jesus. Is, is that true? All right. Just want to make sure it's very, very important for those on the live stream as well. Let's go ahead and repeat this prayer as a family to make sure that anyone who hears this recording has an opportunity to accept Jesus now that you guys have already done it. You've already accepted the Lord. You're right with God, and I believe that. Everybody in the house say, Heavenly Father, please forgive me of my sins. My past was sinful. Without you, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I confess the name of Jesus as my Lord. He is my Lord, my salvation, my Redeemer, my Rescuer. Say, I believe Jesus died and rose again for me. Say, I believe. Say, thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. Apart from you, I can do nothing. And say, without Jesus, I'd be on my way to hell. But thank you for rescuing me. Say it again. Say, I believe. Say, you are my Lord and my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and stand your feet real quick. I'm taking a little extra time today. And I'm going to pray a special blessing over you. We've got all kinds of situations represented in here today. Since COVID, but before COVID, man, folks have lost people. You've lost relatives. You've lost loved ones. You've been through things. You've been through financial things, disputes with neighbors like I was six years ago, like I was in. Different things, man. Disputes at work, change jobs, whatever. But God's hand is on you forever when you put him first. I promise. According to his word, it's not my word, it's his word. So go ahead and raise your hand today, because I believe there was something in that message for all of us today, myself included. The Word of God is a two-edged sword. It cuts both ways. So it was working on you and working on me, dealing with you, dealing with me, cutting on you and cutting on me. Father, we thank you for your Word today. I thank you for your people who love you so much. Every person in this house, I believe with my whole heart that they love you with their whole heart. Lord, they're here because they love you. They're going to seek you. They're going to put you first. And I thank you that you're dealing with them in areas of their life that need dealing with, just like you're doing in my life. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for the protection of God over everyone in here and those at the sound of my voice on the recording or the live stream, God. And I thank you that you are faithful. Scripture says, faithful is he that promised. You are always, you will always, you will always perform what you have promised. You will always perform your word. You will always keep your word. Your word will never 
be empty or return to you empty-handed. It will always accomplish what you send it to accomplish. And I believe that was so today and the rest of our lives according to your word. I thank you. May the Lord bless you and protect you, people of God, men and women of God, boys and girls, younger and a little older. God's hand is on you. May the Lord bless you and protect you, smile upon you and be gracious to you. May he give you of his favor and of his perfect peace. We thank you, Father. We agree. And according to your word, in the name of Jesus, it is done. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning. <laughs> Praise God. Please be seated in God's presence, if you would, please. If you need an envelope for tithe or offering, throw a hand up in the air and wave it like you just don't care. What does that mean? Say, so no, you cared. You were waving your hand in the air, but you cared. That's dumb. I like corny humor. I'm sorry. Dad jokes. Anybody else need an envelope for Tyler offering? All the teenagers are rolling their eyes like, Pastor Matt, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. That's okay. Let's pray real quick. Father, we thank you and honor you for today. The amazing, amazing opportunity and privilege it is to give to you every week. I unite my faith and my prayer with my wife. We've already given our tithe and offering thus far this week. And I unite our faith with those of this congregation, the flock that you've entrusted to our care, Lord. We thank you that you will bless us even up to a thousandfold. I've seen it in your word. May God multiply you and your, everything he's given you a thousandfold. We've se I've seen it in the Old Testament. So Jesus said 30, 60, 100, and the Old Testament mentions a thousandfold. So Lord God, we believe you for the 30, 60, 100, and thousandfold blessing as we give cheerfully. Sometimes not so cheerfully, but we give in faith. We say, oh, well, Lord, it's hard to do, but Lord, you're honoring it, and you're amazing, and you're going to keep your word. And thank you for believing in us, God, and giving us the chance to serve you in everything we do, including our tithe and offering. We call forth the blessing today and multiplication. In Jesus' name, someone said, amen. amen.